Hello, everyone. I'm Sean Nacarado, Chief Strategy Officer at Pittsburgh State University. Hi, guys. I'm Brett Dalton, Director of Social Media Marketing at Pitt State. This is episode two of Around the Block, the official podcast of Block 22. And in this episode, Sean had a great conversation with Heather Horton, who opened, with, along with her husband, Roger, Sweet Designs Cakery over a decade ago in downtown Pittsburgh, and most recently opened Toast, uh, one of the new restaurants that's part of Block 22. And obviously with the global pandemic going on, restaurants have had to change course a little bit and, and change how they operate. But Heather has continued to um, feed the community and, and provide through curbside pickup um, some amazing food. And um, Sean, you had a great chat with her about how she's done that and, and managed this situation, but also had a good conversation about her background and why downtown is such an important place for her. Yeah, you know, Brad, as you're well aware, and I think other people who are familiar with the story of Block 22 and how it evolved would know how important Heather and Roger have been to the downtown. You know, they, and it's one of the things that I was excited to be able to explore a little bit more in depth background wise with Heather. Uh, Sweet Designs Cakery was one of the first flags that was planted in downtown as the Renaissance was happening. And so it was, it was a great opportunity, even, even if virtually and, and via Zoom, this format, to be able to have a conversation with her, uh, to not only hear her talk about uh, the challenges that she faces now with how to operate two businesses in the midst of a global pandemic, uh, but also the background. And I think one of the things that I hope everyone hears and comes through very solidly is that there's such a nobility to business uh, there can be if it's done correctly and if it's done with a focus on more than the bottom line. And I think that's something that you'll see in Heather. And I think everyone who, uh, uh, who, who, who follows Heather, who shops at Toast, who goes to Sweet Designs, knows about them is they're so committed to this community. And I think you can see here that nobility that is present in businesses that operate for the right reasons and not just about profit. And I think that's something you've seen with her and the way that she's handled this pandemic, but also her commitment and the sacrifices that she and Roger have made to help build downtown. So uh, I'm excited that we get to share this conversation with uh, our listeners. Yeah, perfect. Okay, yeah, and, and Heather and Roger are just amazing pillars of the of the downtown, and really they had the foresight to see what it could be. Um, so really excited to hear your conversation, and so let's get to it. Sounds good. Um, Heather Horton. So pleased to have you uh, on our first episode of Around the Block. Uh, Hi. Hey, how are you? <laughs> and on this, on this first episode, uh, on our like maiden voyage of the podcast, we thought that it made the most sense for us to stick to that, uh, to Block 22, around that block. And, and so, you know, I think you and I have talked a little bit about the notion around this podcast is, is how you, how you build community and success block by block. And, and that we all had different sorts of visions and dreams about Block 22, and 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 you were the first, I think, local first or second local business owner that we have approached to try to be part of this. And so, you know, that wasn't because you already had a restaurant. That's because you had Sweet Designs. So, mm -hmm. Sweet Designs, like what what made you want to start Sweet Designs before it was like cool to be in downtown Pittsburgh? Oh man. Well, we're going back, aren't we? Back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do I remember that far back? Um, 
Yeah, so we've been there like 11, 11 years actually open, but, you know, renovation and planning and all that before that. Um, I mean, when we, when we were younger and I was going to Pitt State, we moved to Pittsburgh and we lived on Fifth Street and my husband and I would walk around downtown and that's just kind of a thing we did. Um, for leisure, for fun, but we would look and we would see all these buildings. Mm -hmm. Back then, there wasn't hardly anything. It was, you know, you were you wouldn't see another person. You know, like even on a Saturday, you probably wouldn't see someone else walking around. Right? Had they even done? Had they done the downtown beautification and stuff, like the infrastructure on the sidewalks and stuff yet? I don't think so. I think that happened a year or two after we opened. I'm really fuzzy with dates. Everything blurs together. Roger's better at that than I am, but I, I don't think they had done that because I remember it being torn up a little bit. Okay. In the beginning. Sure. So you guys but, walk around downtown. Was it you walk around downtown thinking what could it be? You wished it was more. What was the? Yeah, thing? like you look at buildings, and you're like, ah, oh, that's a really cool building, but it's empty. Um, you know, I wonder what was there, and we, you know, my stepmom would always give us those history books of Pittsburgh. Sure. Yeah. Because they're just kind of nerds like that and they like that stuff. Like um, that. So, you know, to see like what our building was and, and what was around us, what was near us. Um, so that was always interesting. And around that time too, uh, the Colonial Fox was going up for auction. So we got involved with that and we helped save that building. Um, I created the logo for that and we helped, you know, kind of create that. And it was a grassroots effort. We worked with community members. Um, so it just kind of, I don't know, it all felt right. It all, you start to get involved with people. You start to work with other community. You see the passion behind it. You see the heart um, that's there. And it all just, you know, we, we thought about moving away. Um, I went and looked at Hallmark. I went to Chicago and did an interview for a gallery, like did a few things like that, but it just, none of it felt right. Um, where we both have close family. We liked it here and it just, it just felt good. So, so you, you, know, you have a degree in art, correct? I have a bachelor's degree. Yeah. Okay. From Pitt state. You're mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, my dad, actually, I think, I think, you know, I talked about this. My dad got his bachelor's in art uh, from Pitt State as well in 1972. Actually, this is one of the pictures from his senior exhibition. Uh, we've kind of got his paintings actually now throughout our house. And, and so, like, that's something I've always, like, very much respected about you and your creativity, but also how you chose a different sort of medium than what you might assume. You weren't, right. didn't have a business degree. You chose cake decorating. Yeah. And so I... Why? why? Exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I knew I wanted to do something that was creative. Um, I didn't quite know what that was. And at the time, I started helping my mom do wedding cakes and birthday cakes for family and friends. And it was like, oh, okay, well, people, this is something people want. It's not a need. You know, it's a want. Um, it seemed like I could marry the two, you know, have a professional career 
but still be creative at the same time. Um, it also allowed me to be, um, to have like that freedom. I'm making the choices. I'm deciding, you know, if this thing doesn't work, then I will try this. And just, I'm one of those people that I can adapt and I like that challenge of adapting. Um, and of course, running a small business, you do, you do everything. You do, you know, you're the, you do the dishes, you do the, uh, customer service, all of it. Um, so I don't know. It just it seemed like it, it seemed like the only way to go. You can be your own boss. You can technically, I mean, customers are your boss, but uh, but yeah. So did so when you guys decide was this like a joint decision when you and Roger thinking we want to have a business together, or was Roger thinking in terms of he had his own thing, or what was what was the situation? <laughs> Roger was working full time. Um, he got his associates at Fort Scott. He was in a band. Um, I yeah, I don't think he thought he would be a small business owner, let alone a restaurant owner right. and, and another. Yeah, I don't think he he had any of us in mind. Um, he just knew that he didn't have a real strong direction, but I did. And usually when I, there's something that I know I want to do, I stick with it and I, you know, I make it happen. And so he, he's very supportive and he's like, all right, let's do it. And at first he didn't work there. Okay. Uh, It was just me. And then like a couple years into it, I needed help and it just seemed logical to have him come, um, you know, work for free. (laughs) Yeah. and and it just kind of went through. I taught him how to bake, and now he's now he's running the other business, and right. he's taught himself how to bake bread, and you know everything. So he probably never. It sounds like to me that he never intended or was set out to have a business, let alone two businesses. Uh, right. Which we're gonna get to toast here in a second. But you know, I was I was thinking when you mentioned the Colonial Fox. So that was mm-hmm. uh, when I first came back. You guys are from Gerard, right? Both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you're both from Gerard. Uh, uh, I grew up in Minden Mines, Missouri, and went to school in Liberal, Missouri. So it's mm-hmm. almost like equidistant as Gerard is from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Growing up, Pittsburgh was well. You go to town. You go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Big city. <laughs> city. City. And so, uh, but when I so I left when I came back, which was in it was in November of 2007 when I came back to work at Pittsburgh State. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing, which it would have been another year or so after that, the very f- first thing that I got involved with from a community orient, like community focused and downtown standpoint was the Colonial Fox. And so that would have been maybe, and you know, maybe it was two years. I, I don't know. I'm similar with you with, I'm not exactly sure where all of those, dumb, those dates are, but. I think 07, I graduated with my bachelor's. Okay. 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 And then. Oh nine, I got my master's and I opened the business like okay. around that same time. So that it might have been like oh eight or oh nine, and 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 I think and I can't remember if I think I probably got involved with the Colonial Fox on the board after you had already designed the logo and that sort of thing. But yeah. Like yeah. We never really completely directly interacted, but it's interesting that um, at the time I remember thinking we had moved from Columbia, Missouri, and and Columbia has this incredible downtown culture. And I recognize like the value 
that those downtown blocks have to building the broader sort of community blocks. And so like the, the, the historic theater was one of those things and because I'm passionate about music and such, but I just find it interesting. I don't think you and I had ever made that connection, but like both of us in some yeah. way had a connection with downtown from that. But, but I also will say like, I've always very much respected what you and have done and what you and Roger did with planting a flag and, a, and taking that chance of a, the risk of a small business in downtown before it was anything. It was sort of based on, a hunch or, or gamble, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I always say, like, I just jump off the cliff and see what happens. <laughs> well, you, you, you actually are one of the most like decisive. Once, like, I've noticed this and having the pleasure of getting to work with you and more and more directly, like the last couple of years. Like, when you decide, you decide, and you do. Um, and I think that that's something that there's a lot of us. You know, people can be critical sometimes of the university, for instance, on like overthinking things. And that's not yeah. to say that those who decide don't think. It's just that when you decide, you've decided, you've thought a lot, and then you go. And that's yeah. something I've always noticed with you and, and had respect for uh, for that. So, uh, But on the other side, Roger is the overthinker. <laughs> and he gets mad at me when I say that, but it's true. Like, And we balance each other out. Yeah. So moving forward, like, getting into the restaurant business and, and thinking about how the two are going to work together. He brought that like, okay, now we know how this works. Let's do better and think about things and, and look at, you know, maybe, you know, some of the not so great things and how can we fix those? And um, so he's but, a critical. Yeah. And yeah, long term. Well, and you know, this is, a, it's, it's funny. I, we, I kind of joke off and I was talking, Brett and I have talked just actually today, we're talking about the power of two, you know, the Lennon McCartney page and plant. Mm -hmm. He wants to say Simon and Garfunkel. I'm like, leave off Garfunkel. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, like, but I think that there's that thing of having two people who uh, are, are mutually are creative together and better together than they are separately, but they're creative separately too. And they sort of push and pull each other. I think in most of those cases of twos, you can say they're better when they were together in bands than they were on their own. Um, so at what point during that kind of, cause I can't recall exactly how this went down with, with, with toast coming to block 22. I can't remember if you had the idea already. Was it like that you guys were already thinking in terms of, Hey, we'd like to do a restaurant. What, how did that happen? We were, so at the cake shop, we were tapped out, like no more space. Not really. We were growing a little bit, but not enough. Um, still not making an income beyond paying bills and payroll. Um, so, you know, you start thinking, you know, the older you get, you start thinking, okay, retirement, and what does this look like in 10 years? So you start asking those harder questions. Um, and we knew we needed to expand, and we knew we wanted to do it downtown. Um, so we'd started looking at places. Um, we had actually looked at a place a couple blocks down. Um, it was going to be a massive project. It was like for us personally. Uh, there was going to be a lot of renovation that had to happen. It was a lot larger space. So we would have had to like move everything and do everything. Um, we worked with the Small Business Development Center at Pitt State. Well, they weren't, they weren't yeah, at that Block was back 22. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And so we've been working with them since we opened Sweet Designs. Um, and so, you know, every couple of years we check in with them. And then when we decided, okay, we've got to do something, we went back to them. So we started doing, you know, they ask all those questions, you know, how has revenue been? Uh, you know, what has worked so far? What hasn't? Um, where do you want to go with it? And when we start having those conversations at the time, I was teaching um, culinary at the high school. Um, it was a program through Fort Scott Community College. So I was really into that. And I, you know, I like to cook. I always have, but I'd gotten deeper into it, especially when teaching. You always find, you know, you find new things about yourself um, and new passions when you, when you get into it more when you're sharing with others. So, um, you know, Randy Robinson you know, he's, he listens and he goes, well, it sounds like. He's like the, he's like the wizard of small business. Yes. Right. It's like, it sounds like this is what you want to do. So um, that's kind of how that all came about. Did I ever go, yeah, I want to, I want to own my own restaurant. No, it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Um, and then I, you know, I started calling it a micro restaurant. <laughs> Myself feel better. Now I can actually say the word restaurant without, you know, freaking out. So, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't a, oh, we're going to do this thing. It just, when we were thinking about expanding and what could we do and, and how could we focus on the things that we want to moving forward. And a lot of that being, baking Roger's bread and, and that sort of thing. Um, we needed an avenue for that. So is that the, is that the reason toast? I mean, was it because you thought, well, we can have a bunch of bread. So what can you do with bread? You can make toast. I mean, how did, how, how does toast happen out of that? Right. That was a, a backyard, a uh, couple beers and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the how, what, when, where, why. <laughs> so you'd already, you'd already gotten to, I think a restaurant might be a good next step. Yeah. Because we, at the cake shop, we always wanted to like let people come inside and hang out, but that space just isn't, it's just not built for that. Um, and it wasn't really planned for that over the years. And we just kind of took up, you know, I worked in the small space and then it grew into the entire building. So without, planning to do so so you know when we can have a when we can talk about having a new space with the community involved and have a space for them to come in and use um and be able to serve them you know these new products that we you know want to be doing in the future it just all kind of worked and I, I i love cooking i love using local products i like working with our farmers I think we're kind of missing that a little bit. Um, you know, we do have a few restaurants around that do that, but we don't have any of that kind of focus on that. So to me, that was really important as well. Well, and you know, I'll say like, this is this interesting connecting point with Randy is that I was thinking back to you talking about that. Cause I, I do now, as I look back on it, recall, as we started to think about building out block 22 and Hey, we could have this space and this space or that space. And, and, um, we thought we might be able to have two, three restaurants. And 
Randy actually credit to him in the sense that he had already had the conversation with you about the notion of having a restaurant concept. And he thought, Hey, that'd be cool if we could have that be, you know, I think you root and toast were the two first that we spoke to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and of course, what a lot of people won't know, well, they will now, I guess, but is that you were originally going to be on Broadway and yeah. that space that is now brick and mortar and juicies. And then we had to like, <laughs> but, you know, finagle how well, you're going to be okay with Fourth Street. Um, I like I like to think about things. No, yeah, well, I know, and I will say though, you know, and I I like that you like to think about things, but I think that actually it's it's worked out well location wise. I like you guys on Fourth Street. I mean, obviously, we all think about it. It's almost now that you know we. I think there's a lot of time where people and we're, and we're you're younger, but we're kind we're kind of the same generation. I think I'm like barely, I'm either an X or a millennial. It's like, I'm right on the line. So, but, but, you know, think in terms of like 9-11 being the thing that like defined us as a generation or generation, yeah. you know, now I think we're starting to think, okay, well, is COVID going to be, is the coronavirus going to be the thing that defines us and how is that going to be? Because so many of the conversations, the things that we're talking about right now are like pre-COVID. It's almost like this right. versus you know, AC. So like, hopefully eventually we get to after COVID, but um, I think it's okay. You know, and we, you and I talked a little bit about like this sort of thing of like, it's not going to be all like rosy all the time. And I think that's important for people to know like how hard it is right now to be a small business owner in the midst of this. And so you obviously didn't, number one, you never planned on having a restaurant to begin with. Then you decide to do a <laughs> restaurant and you plan and you put all of this blood, sweat, tears, money into it. And then all of a sudden here comes this black swan. Yeah. So talk a little bit about how Toast is operating now in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously no one planned for this. It's a, uh, we were, we were right at our like, almost six month mark of being in business. So we were just starting to see trends and, you know, timing and your payroll and how you need to adjust and uh, what your expenses are going to be like in actuality and not just numbers that you educated guests on, you know? So to completely just, stop <laughs> and have to you know we we chose to shut down um for multiple reasons but we chose to shut down before the mandate came out um yeah, very close let's, huh? let's pause that for a second because actually i think this is a really important moment uh, because I remember it was the Friday. What remember the remember when the restaurants and so you and Brick mm -hmm. and we all got together and toast or I mean and, and root and we were sitting there at that table at brick and mortar and having the conversation about okay where does this thing go because the university was just starting to think about what to do and I will say this goes back to what I was talking about with your decisiveness. I remember at that table, what was your original reaction when it was like, hey, maybe we should just shut down dining rooms. Yeah. Matheson. Yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but once you decided, you decided and you did it before there was a mandate. Yeah. So. Well, I think that uncertainty is not good for, it's not good for your employees. It's not, you know, it's not good for anyone's mental health. Um, not knowing, oh, am I, 
you know, am I going to have a job next week? Am I going to, you know, am I going to get sick because I'm helping customers? And, you know, there was just so much uncertainty and so much, um, so many unknowns back then whenever we did decide that. But, you know, people weren't, I don't know how to say that. They, they weren't getting the true experience that you should get when you come, you know, and, and, and my employees weren't either. Everyone was distracted. Everybody was on edge. Customers were, you know, like, well, you know, they're not wearing gloves or they're doing this or, you know, and we were like, well, they're not washing their hands. How are we, you know, there's just so much, um, and it creates an anxiety and it, it just, people have kids at home and they have other worries outside of work. And so to me, um, to keep them safe and to keep our customers safe, it just made, it, it was just the right choice. And then from there we could say, okay, we've made this decision moving forward. This is what we're going to do. And you can plan. You have time to plan. Well, and I, I think the thing is, is that this is one of those things where, you know, I think that people don't necessarily think about themselves as leaders sometimes, right? Like I think that you're making decisions based on what you felt was best for your business, for your employees, but you led on that decision. You were the first restaurant that I know of at least in town to make the decision voluntarily to close the dining room. Yeah. And, but then right on the heels of that, so did brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think that almost was a cascade effect that I, I think, I think you really helped to lead that similar to you making the decision to lead moving downtown. You helped to lead on that too. So I think it's important to point that out. Um, yeah. And those are tough decisions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for uh, better or worse. It's... So how are you, so what's, how are you guys operating now? And then maybe talk a little bit about how you're operating now and also in connection with how sweet designs and, and toast together are working through the pandemic and the, stay-at-home orders and all that. Yeah. So we, um, before we even opened this for about a year, it could, it could have been two years even, I started doing kind of pop-up lunches. Um, I would do, or I would just sell, like I would make hummus and I would sell the hummus out of sweet designs. And um, we kind of unknowingly started building a clientele and a group of people that, you know, were behind us and, and liked what we were doing. Um, and so then I started a Facebook group, um, and then I would sell out of that. It was called a brown box lunch. So before we opened, I tried to keep that going. Um, and that kind of helped me gauge, you know, the interest and, you know, what are people going to like? And I could test out serving sizes and prices and, you know, and this group of people, they're like my core group of people that if I say, Hey guys, you know, was that, was that, you know, eight ounces of salad or whatever it was that good. Was that enough? Do you feel like you got enough? Do you feel like, you know, you got what you paid for and, and yada, yada. So kind of created that relationship with those core people before I even knew we were going to have a restaurant. So it was just logical to kind of revert back to that when all this happened. Um, I mean, it took, I'm sure, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how long 
I mean, what, has it been a month now? Like, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think like, I'm, it's like morphed. It's sort of, I don't know. It's like, what I know is you're describing basically Back to the Future, right? So it's almost like, you know, <laughs> and what year is it? Yeah, what, what year is it? What day yeah. is it? I, you know, I don't know. Uh, but, but we tend to go back to what we know. You know, we go to back, we go back to what we know works. Um, so that's what we did. And I was like, okay, well, I know Roger can bake bread. Roger knows he can bake bread. Um, do people want it? You know, so we just started slowly, you know, making bread. And then I would sell at the same time. But over at the cake shop, we don't really have the greatest curb to do curbside. But we have a nice pull-up curb here at Toast, as you, can, you can't you can see, but I'm pointing to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so um, instead of, like, being split, we were trying to work together. So we'll run bread sales here. And so people can come to one place to pick that up. And then I'll also sell items that kind of coincide with the bread. Or, um, you know, I do my lunches once or twice a week. So we're able to keep, we're able to keep our employees safe at home um, as much as possible. We're keeping it to like three people three to four people at a time. And it's always the same three or four people. So we're not continuously exposing more um, employees. Um, it, you know, what was the question? <laughs> we were, we reverted back to what we were no. doing before, I guess. Well, no, I, no, I actually think that's, I think it's pretty brilliant. And I also think in the sense that you were running these pop-ups kind of sort of notion. I think you reiterating that this notion of you running these pop-ups before maybe even hundred percent knew that you wanted to do a restaurant. And then even maybe once you knew you wanted to do a restaurant, what kind of restaurant you're sort of yeah. market research that you weren't even thinking about in terms of market research. And you, you developed, you have like such a loyal core of customers and it's like uh, these like Horton heads or something. I don't know what you want to call them. <laughs> this sort of like we call them toasters now. Toasters, yes. Toasters. <laughs> now we do. <laughs> I mean, including like I will tell you, for this is for Roger, I guess too. Is like my kids love that bread more than any other bread. Like I like I'll make grilled cheese for them. And uh, when you've had some bread and Chrissy goes, she'll pick up the bread. And then for the next few mornings or for lunch or whatever, because now all of a sudden it's like, it's like the, you know, it's a crazy world now where I'm like, feel like I'm homeschooling these kids to say yeah. I work myself and yeah. whatever. And I'm making these, these uh, grilled cheese. So like I made the first time I used that bread for the Roger, I made these grilled cheese. Then that night Jude comes down, my son, and he's like, Hey dad, you should make us those grilled cheese every day with, and I was like, okay. Like he hadn't really said that before with any bread we've gotten from the store. Okay. So, uh, so I guess they're toasters as well. I, you know, I don't know. But, uh, so I know Daisha's, I think her daughter really likes that's And that's awesome to hear like kids recognizing the difference between store-bought bread and, you know, a, so, and they're, you know, you know, and they're kind of deprived, I guess, in our household in the sense of my wife and I both being gluten-free. It's sort of mm -hmm. trying to be. And so, oh, they want, yeah, they want that gluten. They want real gluten, That's, <laughs> they, but they want like the real gluten, you know, like the, so they're like gluten, gluten deprived, but yeah, no, they, they, they can tell that. And it is amazing. Cause it's not as if they didn't know what, what, what bag I brought it out of. Right? Yeah. 
made it and they could tell the difference. And both of them are just like, those are the best grilled cheese we ever had. And so um, I think, you know, and I, I think, you know, a great example of, of like what your business has brought to the community, I mean, that sense of like community building, right? You're yeah. a group of folks who now they love what you do. They, they, they love the passion that you bring to that. Um, you know, there was a post here several weeks ago, Andrew Stefanoni had this post where she was talking about it was, it was misty outside, but maybe not as much as her eyes were or whatever. Because yeah, no, who was not talking about it? Made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I think, in, and I, you know what? I think right now it's okay if all of us cry a little bit. There's, um, there's some grief. There's loss. There's a hope. Uh, so let's, let's let's start talking a little bit. Hopefully, I hope that's nothing bad. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, uh, not here. Yeah. But. Um, no, but let's let's try to like wrap this up with sort of sense of like let's look to the future because I know that like this is not to diminish like this is clearly really hard for small businesses and I don't know that most, you know people might read oh there's a projection one in five small businesses won't make it but it's hard for them maybe to see that in a real personal way I think they they know you they know Roger they know what you guys do and I think that, that is why one reason why I hope what we're doing here with telling these stories matters. So let's talk about like how, what does safe reopening and safe recovery look like to you? Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, I know that there are people out there that are saying, well, you know, we just have to do it. We just have to expose people. And then it's, to me, it sounds like we'll just figure it out as we go, which I don't like. Uh, Back to that uncertainty (laughs) issue, right? Yes. Um, I, you know, from day one, we, we probably are more personal with our employees than most are. Um, you know, I asked about, I asked their opinion, whether I follow it or not, you know, but I want to know, you know, cause it's going to affect them. Every decision we make is going to affect them. So to me, it's not about the bottom line as much as it is about the future of the employees that are working here. Because we want them to come back and we want them to have a job, you know, um, here on out. So um, following the mandates, I mean, yes, they're probably going to allow people to come in. Um, I don't know what that looks like yet. I haven't issued any of the guidelines or anything about that, but I've been reading other states. And most of those are like, you know, you have to six feet apart, um, you have to wear masks, you have to, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a lot of things. Um, and to me, no matter what you do and you start bringing people in, you're going to have, you're going to have exposure no matter what. So it's a matter of how comfortable do my employees feel, you know, on a personal level, um, those that live with their older parents don't feel as comfortable. Those that take care of their grandparents don't feel comfortable. Those that have, you know, a baby at home or kids or whatever. So kind of listen to them. Um, I think we'll continue on how we're doing it for probably a couple more weeks just to see, you know, until we get all that information and see what those guidelines are. 
um, just see what that looks like before we jump full force and open the doors again. So yeah, curbside, I, keep doing curbside. Do you feel, do you feel like, um, I feel like you're going to, it seems to me, it's sort of this sort of notion again, you're talking about back to the future. You're going to make decisions based on what the facts are at the time. And I think that I'm suspect of anybody right now, to be honest, who says with definitiveness, like, here's what's going to happen or how things are going to be. Because the truth is, I see this much more like a dimmer switch than like a light switch. It's, it's, we're at about a one right now. How do we get to about a three? And then what does it take to get to a four? And then what happens if we have to go back to a one? Yeah. And that's, that's the reality, you know, because we are, we do try to think six months ahead. We try to think a year ahead. What does this look like? You know, how is it affecting us now? But how will it affect us if this comes back and we have to shut down again? And how are our employees going to be taken care of if that happens? Um, yeah, it's a lot to consider and, and think about. And all you can do is try to make those, you know, the best decision you can. And everyone's different. I think that's the biggest thing with this is, you know, I've had people talk to me and go, well, you know, that's not right. You should, you should tell them that or what, you know, it's like, no, that's not for me to decide. I mean, I don't, larger companies have a lot more, you know, a lot more people to handle, deal with. Um, they have more people to pay. It's just, you can't, yeah, we're all different and, and, you got to make decisions that are best for you. Yeah. Well, and I'll say that uh, I very much appreciate that uh, I've never seen, I've never seen you guys make decisions that are just about you though. And uh, I think that uh, you need to be commended for that. And I think you and Roger both uh, the way you've operated is in a very community, community centric way. Um, and, and you pointed it out, but it's not ever been about just the bottom line for you guys. And I think, but I think that at the end of the day is actually what really builds community and builds downtowns. And I, I hate like that. You ha I love it. Thank you. That's a compliment. It's a great compliment. But when, when authenticity has to be pointed out or, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> but, but not every, but not everybody knows it. Yeah, I know. I get it, but it's funny. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, I don't. Anybody who knows you knows you're authentic. They don't have to be told by me or be pointed out. But I would say that uh, I just, you know, and, and I don't even know who all is going to actually listen to this. We'll see. But I think that my mom, my mom will listen. <laughs> well, your mom already knows it. Too. <laughs> but I think you know. It, sometimes, as as Brett and I have talked about, what's the audience even for this? Yeah. So think about in terms of it's as much inside of Pittsburgh as it is outside of Pittsburgh, because I think there are yeah. people in Pittsburgh that don't 100% understand and comprehend and embrace the great that is in Pittsburgh already. And you and Roger are part of that. And you're a big emblem of that. And I could not be happier that we're in the same neighborhood, even if right now I'm having to talk to you via Zoom. So, <laughs> right. so weird? Uh, it is a little weird. Uh, so uh, that's when. One thing that I don't think I touched on. Okay, sure, go ahead. The whole, you know, everything we just talked about. 
I don't get to see those faces, you know. I don't get to chat while someone's eating their toast and drinking their mimosa and, you know, get caught up on their lives and we, you know, toss their food in the car and get their money and <laughs> hopefully get a wave and a smile, you know, under a mask. And it's not the same and it sucks, you know, to be perfectly honest. It sucks really bad. But it's also really nice to see the support and <laughs> I had <laughs> I won't say her name because I don't know if she wants, but she, she like drove up while I was helping somebody out, like yelling, Heather, Heather, yelling at me, come to the car. And I go to the car and she gives me a card and I'm like, what is, you know, she wasn't even picking up food or anything. Just like, we love you guys. And, you know, we just want you to know we're thinking of you. And I just wanted to say, you know, hi. And, and then I go back and I finish what I'm doing and, an hour after we clean up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to look at that card. And she had put $50 in the card to, you know, as a tip. Didn't buy, she didn't buy anything. She put money in, you know, for employees. And that's amazing. You know, like people, everyone is being selfless and thoughtful. And it's, you know, we're seeing that. It's coming back, I guess is what I'm saying. All that love and, and um and I can't wait till we can actually get back to seeing those faces. Well, I think there's a lot of uh, toasters who probably agree with that. Uh, and we'll so, have to ask them what they think about that. I know. I, I'd call them that whether they like it or not. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, it's. Uh, I think it's positive. It's a positive. So uh, <laughs> I will say that I I know that I'll speak for our family. I can't wait till we can be back inside of Toast on for brunch on a Saturday morning. Um, having mimosas and uh, my daughter loves the the what is it the the French toast or the and the potatoes she like oh, potatoes uh, so I can't wait till we can be back in there too and um, really appreciate you taking time with us yeah so thank you thank you very much it wasn't that bad <laughs> well good I'm glad. I'm glad that it wasn't that bad. You know, Sean, after hearing that, you know what really jumps out is sometimes now that because we've been so focused on toast and getting that going at Block 22, I sometimes tend to forget just how long ago it was that she and Roger got involved in in, in the downtown and opened Sweet Designs Cakery. And that's, if you look, you can look back and really see that as the beginning of a movement in downtown to people reinvesting and bringing business down there. Yeah, and I think that the foresight that she and Roger, that Roger and she had, I loved her talking about them walking around when they were living out on fifth street. I think she was saying when they when they walk around on Saturday and there's nothing going on. Uh, so this combined foresight of folks like Roger and Heather who took a chance uh, to explore her creativity in a way that she otherwise wouldn't have thought of uh, it, it, never thinking she was going to be doing a business, but instead, you know, had, had an art degree but then the foresight of obviously the city leaders around the same time to do the beautification and the infrastructure improvements that had to be done down there. And it really set off a decade long uh, sort of renaissance. And I think that's one of the things that we all really want to make sure you want to keep think about a torch kept lit is this notion of that momentum that we had. And I loved also she and I having that moment to connect via with regard to the Colonial Fox Theater and, and how both of us in some respects kind of were 
we're starting our involvement in downtown via this historic theater that I think we both wanted to see the lights turned on again. And, and I think you've seen progress there and we hope that Block 22 even helps that too. So, but you know, it also, I think a burning question that probably everyone is wanting to know is, is what is your favorite thing at Toast? And uh, that I guess you don't have to miss it because it's curbside, but what's your favorite thing at Toast? Um, I would say, so probably my favorite is this, the, she calls it the Smoky Bros. You know, I'm not even sure what the actual name is because that's just what I call it. I just say I want the Smoky Bros toast. I think it has a more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's delicious. It's so the toast. Have you had the Smoky Bros sauce yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Is that like barbecue sauce or what's it like? Yeah, so it's this local, local, it's like smoked hot sauce. Okay. So good. Anyway, but yeah, so it's eggs and bacon and then this sauce, and it's just so delicious. And I get it. I probably got it the last 10 times I've been in there. Um, and I love her tomato soup. It's just so good. But really, I haven't had anything at Toast that I thought, eh, you know, that's okay, but I don't love it. I love every single thing. And Heather knows how to do food. She certainly does. And I, she makes me want to be able to eat gluten. That's, I mean, that's the, yeah. uh, I, I touched on it in the discussion with her, but my kids and those grilled cheese, like I, the, the bread that Roger bakes uh, too has to be pointed out here. So the way that he's making this very sort of building block of any sort of meal, right? Bread and making it in a way that's good, that's on an elevated level that then she can use to create these incredible things. And so um, we've, I, I I do love the avocado jammy eggs. I love the the salmon one. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically like a smoked salmon. And she's mm -hmm. so accommodating with those of us who are trying to avoid gluten. She does gluten free bread, and I know it's not as good as the real thing, but uh, the topping's great. And I love her the artistry that she shows in every dish that she plates, but that also like the care for her customers in the community that she shows in that. And, and it, I think you really saw that in her saying, you can tell she misses that interaction sure. with her people, with the people of this community and, and uh, that come to block 22 to enjoy toast. Yeah. And, and I think what's interesting for people like you and me and so many others who have been a part of the kind of revitalization of downtown you know, the dining scene has really taken off from the, the juices and brick and mortar and toast. And then even, you know, the pit is really good and you have Jolly Fox and drop the H and it just feels like all of downtown is starting to feel this energy. And, and of course it's a little different right now, but, right. but there's progress and I'm in Heather and Roger being at the forefront of that. And, and I guess I just wanted to get your, quick thoughts on on downtown overall and and just being down there and working there and your thoughts on the energy well i love it and i and, I, and i've even in the the i guess i've been back in pittsburgh since 2007 uh which i was going to say like it's it's not a short period of time it seems it's like I, I lose track of how much time i, I i've been back and even in that decade plus we've observed and we as i think i referenced in the interview with her uh you know, we moved back from Columbia, Missouri, and Columbia, Missouri is a community that is built uh, on a strong downtown culture. And I, and I had, I brought that sort of passion for downtown culture back with me. And I think it's something that she and I both, my wife and I had both enjoyed there. We wanted to see here, like I, I mentioned, you know, the first 
kind of way that I worked on that was with the Colonial Fox Theater Foundation, which is something that Heather also worked with. But it's there's no denying the fact that when you have 26 new businesses in 18 months that open, uh, that you've had some incredible building blocks to get to that place. And then now it's a matter of how do we help to ensure that these places stay open and stay vibrant. It's one of the things that I'm looking forward to you and I exploring as we talk to these small business owners and such. But, you know, the fact that now this, you know, that you and I could have a conversation now about where's the best pizza at a downtown locally owned place. And you can say, is it drop the H? Is it brick and mortar? Is And you can have that conversation. And, uh, and you remember in, um, in uh, the work that James Fowles did about, and he, no and he noted these like number of things that really matter in towns and what dictates if they're thriving or not. Microbreweries was one of the things. And we opened in the same month, not only one, but two in downtown Pittsburgh. Right. So there's no denying that that renaissance, that restoration, that momentum. And I think that what we hope that this Around the Block podcast is just a piece of helping to keep that thing going, that even if you cannot go into one of those places around the block, you can at least drive around the block and go to curbside and pick up some food and support them and continue to do that for as long as you feel comfortable, uh, you don't feel comfortable going in. Right. No, absolutely. And I think this is something that we have to keep in mind as, as we all go through this challenge right now is obviously the economy is not what it was before and the, the job uh, market and unemployment all these all these kind of sad numbers but locally you know we can help each other we can help support and, and keep our local business thriving and to your point like if you feel comfortable if you feel safe to go get curbside or to shop and have items like clothing delivered from different boutiques like as much as you can just continue to support and, and shop and, and dine with these businesses so that when we're done with this health challenge, they'll still be there and they'll, and we can enjoy it like we used to. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, and I think when you're, I think that you nailed something there because I think so often there's so many of the folks out there, hopefully they're listening and thinking, how can I help? Yeah. And they might think about that only in terms of volunteering or, or, you know, we all honor and respect the work that our frontline sort of soldiers in this war, the healthcare workers are doing. But the truth is, you can also help by supporting those businesses because, you know, the, 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 the stark economic numbers are real. You know, the fact that 20% of small businesses could be decimated by this current situation should concern all of us because small businesses really are uh, the workhorses of the American dream. That is the way that things actually get that churn going. And that's not to diminish the large places, it's, but it's to say the truth is, is that if you want your community to thrive, local business, local community business matters. So keep supporting them, keep shopping local. There's all kinds of ways to do that and do that in a safe way. So yeah. I just say to folks, like if you want to be able to help, do it that way. Because when you buy from Toast or, or any of these other places like that, you're not just supporting a, a nameless, faceless business. You're supporting right. Heather and Roger or you're supporting the family that owns the other place down the street. And so we'd say, you know, keep doing that. That's the way that you help each other right now. That's right. Okay. And as always be patient with each other as we go through this, you know, restaurants are going to open and they're, they might be a little bit nervous. It's, it's just a unique time. So just be patient with each other, take care of each other. And we'll, we will get through this together and it'll be great on the other side. So I agree. Thank you for your time. Thanks for watching and we'll see you around the block.